0: Everybody say praise the Lord Lord. So good to be in the house of the Lord Everybody say amen. amen Enjoying the weather God's been good to us, amen Let's all stand and go to the Lord God We call on you and we ask you that you come down and touch our hearts, our minds, our souls, Lord. God, I pray that you let your word touch us and change us. God, don't let us be satisfied with where we're at, but God, let us draw closer to you. Let us see you the way that we've never seen you before. Let us be broken by a fresh revelation of your word. God, I pray that every situation that's in this building... I pray that if they will submit themselves to you, that you will answer their prayers and their needs. God, I pray for every husband that's not here, every wife that's not here. I pray, God, that you will somehow move on us and touch us, God. Touch them. Trouble their sleep, trouble their eating. Let them know that they need you in their life, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Brother, if you can give me a little more in my ear monitor, I'd appreciate it. And uh, I'm talking about managing conflict. We've been talking about that for a couple of times, Brother Joe. Y'all may be seated. And uh, Brother Joe was deep in prayer. That's what I appreciate about him, amen. He was in prayer. Thank you, Brother Joe. And uh, I'm just thankful That I know who God is. But we're talking about managing conflict. Living for God isn't about speaking in tongues. It's not about having a one-time experience where uh, you got the Holy Ghost. But it's about learning how to walk with God. Learning how to walk in this life in relationship to Jesus Christ. Amen. The devil would love nothing more than to trip you up. Amen. Amen. He wants to do everything he can to, to tear you down. And that's what he does. If he can't get you to not love God, he's going to try to get you to backslide. If he can't get you to backslide, he's going to do his best to get you to be average. And that's where most Christians are today. They're just average. They never really deal with the things they need to deal with. Amen. Amen. And so we're going to talk about how to manage conflict because most of us lose out with God because we don't know how to manage conflict. We get upset when something don't go right. We get upset when uh, somebody offends us. We get upset. Uh, You need to quit being offended, amen? You just need to quit getting offended. And like I told y'all that I learned a long time ago that the person's not the problem, the problem's the problem. In other words, that person probably has a problem. I talked about soul injury. Go back and watch those uh, lessons again because it talks about not knowing where other people come from. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what situation they had growing up. Uh, Pastor Blizzard says some of us were, uh, I think, Well, how's he say it, yanked up? Jerked up, yeah, jerked up. I was one of those ones that was jerked up i, I got uh, my dad was a, a when he got upset he was very violent and uh, he would pull his belt off and he would sh- he would, he would just begin wailing on us and there was a lot of times that i wouldn't even go to football practice i'm talking about in junior high that I would uh, stay home from school because i'd have to suit up and you got to get uh, dressed you got to take your clothes off and Get your uniform on. I had belt marks. I'm talking blood where the belt hit me and drew blood up into the skin. And uh, I, I was I was raised that way. And uh, you know it took years and years. Even after I got in church, there was still that 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 bitterness. There was still that that problem that I carried with me from that family of origin that that brought me to this place where I'm at now, and I never dealt with it. So I had to go back, and I had to go to that situation, and I had to confront it. And by saying hello to my past, to where it was bothering me that I never dealt with, I was not never able to go forward. And so uh, years later, years later, did I actually confront that situation in my life. And I remember that that uh, I, I didn't want to... Whip my children that way, I never wanted to beat my kids, and I never wanted to 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 be so vile with my words to people, but before I got in church i I had that family of origin that that's how I was uh, jerked up that's how I was brought up amen and so that's how I responded to everything, and I never let somebody get close to me because I was scared they'd see the real me, so I never confronted those feelings. And even in church today, I have to be real careful when somebody wants to get too close to me. Uh, If you notice, I use uh, sarcastic humor. Some of these guys, these young preachers, they know that. And what they don't know is a lot of times when I do that, it's because they're getting too close to me. And I, I don't feel comfortable Uh, letting them get too close to me because uh, of my past, my family of origin, because uh, I have to let things be revealed about me in order for somebody to get that close to me. So I've had to learn how to go back and deal with that conflict in my life that caused me this pain, caused me this disappointment, caused me this shame. And when I was able to go back and say hello to it, I was able to go forward, and now I don't have that problem as much today of allowing people to enter into my life. allowing uh, th- There's things that Sister Aber didn't know about me until the last few years, and I shared some things. There were things that I didn't know about her. Uh, I don't like telling her testimony, but uh, just a few years ago, she told me for the first time that, uh, she was in a truck with her dad, and and uh, he was an alcoholic, and he was divorced from her mom, and she is just a young teenager, and she told her dad, I love you, dad, and he didn't really answer. He didn't really answer her back, and she told me about the hurt that that brought to her, and see, that's a soul injury that I was teaching about. I'm sorry I'm going back, and do, but see, that's managing conflict. When we have Soul injuries, when we have an injured soul, we have to go back and we have to deal with that situation before we can go further. So I have to learn how to manage conflict. So living for God is about managing conflict. That's what it's about. And you're going to have conflict. You're going to, always, you're going to have conflict in your family, whether they're church members or not. You're going to have conflict with church. There's going to be things that you're going to have to confront and deal with in your life that you might not like. You're going to have conflict in your past that you haven't dealt with. So all these things are present. So I want to help you learn how to manage conflict so that when you walk into church, you walk in and you can lift holy hands. You can walk in and be in relationship with God. See, sometimes when you get hurt, you carry that Too long and it becomes bitter. If you get a splinter in your finger and you don't get it out, what happens? After a while, it gets infected. It swells up. Uh, There's pus that gets up in there and you could squeeze. I'm not trying to be gross. But pus is going to come out because you didn't deal with that splinter. And the longer it stayed in, the worse it got. And it's the same way when you have an injured soul. If you don't deal with that. And you don't have that ability to manage your conflict and say, God, I'm not going to let this infect my spirit. You're going to be able to say yes to what God's called you to do. See, when you have an infected spirit, when your soul's been injured and you haven't dealt with it and you just allow it to fester, you're not going to be able to get past that hurt because that hurt's going to always be somebody did you wrong. Uh, there was a song a long time ago that says, hey, uh, somebody did me wrong song. That's what, it was somebody did me wrong song, amen. There was another little thing that said, everybody hates me, nobody likes me, I'm going out and eat worms. I don't know where that one came from, amen. I've never had a desire when somebody hated me when I was in the world to say, I'm going to go out and eat worms. That just never was a reality for me. But that was a song, and it was really just a little thing to get your attention to the fact that, When things go against you and wrong, if you don't know how to manage conflict, you're in trouble, amen? Everybody say amen. Amen. So it's important that we understand that. We've always needed uh, to to have to go back and deal with our conflict, amen? So uh, if we don't, we're in trouble. If we don't, we're in trouble. So uh, I taught my children that if they stand with, uh, on God's word, they, they're not going to stand with the world. So that's something that you have to understand. If I stand on God's word, now, if I allow conflict in my life and I try to deal with that in my flesh, if I try to deal with that by getting revenge or, or being mad at somebody and not talking to them and uh, being upset with them, If I do that, I'm not standing on God's word. And if I don't stand on God's word, I'm not going to be able to stand against the world. Amen. But if I can ever, ever learn how to manage my conflict, and as soon as it comes, turn it over to God and seek after God's direction, God's help, God's strength, God's love, then I'm going to see them the way God sees me when I'm not real likable. Amen. You see, we're challenged these days, but not changed. See, that's the problem. Uh, Pastor Blizzard and I and these young preachers can get up and we can challenge you, but are we changed? Are we convicted and not converted? See, if we're not if we're not changed, if we're not convicted and we're not converted, uh, what good is a preacher getting up and challenging you all the time? He's challenging you because he wants you to learn how to manage conflict in your life so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. It says put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. Amen. There's a hammer of salvation. There's a sword of the spirit. There's a breastplate of righteousness. You've got to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. All these things, amen, the sword of the Spirit. It's not your sword to, to cut somebody up that got you mad and, and offended you. It's the sword of the Spirit and the Spirit of God. It divides asunder. It, it gets inside of you, and it divides that that bitterness. It divides that hatred. It divides that revenge. It divides that that. That difficulty in your past, it separates you from that. So, again, like I say, you get this space of grace where you can see what God's trying to do in your life. And you can manage your conflict because you're going to manage it with God in control and not you. Amen? See, that's what's important. We hear, but we don't do. Amen? And thereby we deceive ourselves. So if we're challenged but not changed, if we're challenged but not convicted, if we're challenged but not converted, if we hear but we don't do, thereby we deceive ourselves into thinking because we're self-righteous. When we don't manage conflict, the only way we can keep coming to church is if we're self-righteous, if we think we're better than anything else that's going on in the church because I don't have to repent of that. I don't have to give that to God I don't have to love that person because they did me wrong it's their fault not mine see when we live like that then we're we're self-righteous and we got to be careful that we're not self-righteous we got to be careful that we don't think we're above the word of God amen you think you can carry around your past if you think you can carry around that bitterness it's not going to work that way amen so one nation, can last, one nation cannot last long when it stops praying and takes up playing. Y'all get what I'm saying? See, here's the thing. When a Christian stops praying and he starts playing, like you can play church, you're not dealing with your conflict, you're not dealing with your soul injury, you're not dealing with these situations in your life. So you start playing church. You clap your hands like you'd play when you do paddy. How many of y'all remember when them girls used to go, oh, say, say, play, mate, come out and play with me. Y'all remember that? Well, when we're not dealing with conflict in church, when we come to church, oh, say, say, Jesus, come out and play with me. Let me shout a while. Y'all didn't know I had this vast amount of knowledge, did (laughs) y'all? But we start playing, amen, instead of praying. The Bible says that if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear. Notice what he said. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. If we don't humble ourselves, how can he forgive our sins? He says he can't do it until we humble ourselves. Because if we don't humble ourselves, we're not going to pray. Because why? Because we're going to blame somebody else for all the things that we're going through. We're going to blame somebody else for things that we fall short of in our walk with God. And when people say, you know, oh, man, I don't think it's that bad. Anytime a Christian says, I don't think it's that bad, they're playing and not praying. Amen? I, I, I just don't think it's that bad. Well, it doesn't matter what I think. Again, am I standing on the word? And if I am, then I'm going to be able to withstand the world. But if I'm not, then I'm not going to withstand the world. And I'm going to be worldly. I'm going to act worldly. I'm going to talk worldly. I'm, going to, I'm not going to let God have lordship in my life. Amen. And I'm going to continually be in the struggle of not being upset with somebody else. Amen. Sister Aber could be so upset with me all the time. I'm a guy. Let's just admit it, man, we don't think the same way a woman thinks. And between a woman's right brain and left brain is a superhighway. It's always firing. You don't believe me right after, right after this service, they out there, oh, 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 you, want, oh, you want brownies and man, you want this? And you, boy, they're out there getting wicked it. What of us guys doing? We're shoveling it in. How many of y'all woke up, don't answer this, Brother Greg. How many of y'all woke up worried about what's going to happen in that four year after this church, you guys? How many of y'all woke up that, oh, I, I got to get something ready? No. So between a woman's right brain, left brain, and we've, I don't know if y'all have seen that uh, lesson online on or not. and It's a superhighway. highway. <laughs> In between a man is a dusty road. That's why when we come in from work or something and your wives, y'all start talking to us and y'all step right between our right brain, left brain, and this dust comes up and it, it just forms a dusty cloud over us. That's why we can't really talk to you till about 15 to 30 minutes after we get in the house. You women got to learn to let the dust settle. Amen. But if you don't know how to manage conflict, you're going to get mad. Sister Abra today, it was so cool, man. She was talking to me, and I was doing something. And she said, you're not listening. I said, what would you say? And she said, I don't remember. And then I told her what she couldn't remember that she was accusing me of not listening to. What did I do? I managed conflict. She ended up making me some coffee, breakfast. You see, we can laugh about things, but think about it. How many times do we get upset over something little? How many times does something come out of our mouth because they didn't think the way we thought or they didn't do what we thought they'd do, you know? But they think differently, and you got to understand that. So rejection. So so when you you know, when there's rejection, there's always gonna be a problem. So rejection's not only a form of conflict, it's a form of death. Because a lot of people, when they feel rejected, it brings uh, it, it brings a a response to that rejection. It's anxiety. Amen. You begin to get anxious. You 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 have this anxiety. Uh, our little dog Chi Chi, he was uh, named after that famous golfer because he's a chihuahua, Chichi Rodriguez. So the girl that saved him named him Chichi Rodriguez. So that's our dog's name. That's how we got it. But he was abandoned for almost a month in a house where when everybody was leaving uh, their homes and just walking out, they left him in there, and he was near death. And every time we leave the house, he just shakes, man. He's just shaking because he has that anxiety of, uh, of us rejecting him by leaving and not allowing. And that's why we have a doggy door so we can go in and out, in and out whenever he wants to. And he's a ferocious dog. Every time a siren goes by, he runs out. You hear him, blah, blah, hit that old doggy door. Blah, 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 blah. There's a wall up. He can't see anything, but he's letting them know he's there. But that relieves his stress, you know? The first response to rejection is anxiety. Rejection threatens your self-worth, your value, your very existence. So when you get anxious about every little thing, it's because you don't feel worthy. You feel like God isn't taking care of your situation because you want it done when you want it done and how you want it done. Amen? Some of you, when you have this anxiety, you're praying, God, I need you to do this, and God, give me patience, and give it to me right now, see, that's how we pray, give me patience, and give it to me right now, so that I can handle this situation, and so I won't be anxious, see, that's how we look at it, the second response is to reject the person who rejects you, and I talked about that uh, last service, acceptance seems to be essential for living, Suicides are usually caused by rejection. So I'm going to go past that because we talked about that. And uh, I want to go on by. The fourth response is to run, to escape through sickness, alcohol, drugs, or through some obsession. I have been cleaning out my closet. And uh, some of you may know I brought up here probably 40-something pairs of dress pants. I went from... 36 to 38 to 40 to 42 to 46 to 48. And I'm going, Jesus, forgive me for all these clothes. Most of them, I got some that I haven't even taken the tags off yet. And so I brought those up here and I but see, that was an obsession. That's how I dealt with my anxiety. I would shop till I dropped. Amen. I felt better if I had something new. I had four pair of khaki dress slacks. Why would I need four pair of khaki dress slacks? Because buying a new pair made me feel good. Because I didn't have to deal with my anxiety of things that were going on in my life that I wasn't willing to go back and say hello to. So I was never able to go forward, so I had this anxiety. And until I went back and I said, God, I need to have a little talk with you. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. That's such a cute little song, but you know what? It's true. When's the last time? When's the last time you had a little talk with Jesus? When's the last time? You told him, not just coming up here at altar call, oh, Jesus. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you were at the house. When's the last time you had a little talk with Jesus? You told him all about your troubles. He heard your faintest cry, and he answered by and by. How's it go? Have a little prayer wheel turning? You'll feel a little prayer wheel turning. No little fires, but thank you for a wife, amen. You know what she just saw? She saw me getting anxious up here. <laughs> I love it, man. Sometimes I'll be preaching. I, I, she knows a scripture that I'm trying to use, and she'll, she'll tell me what it is, partly because of my anxiety, partly because she likes to micromanage me. We've been reading the book of Acts together. We read sometimes. We both looked at each other. I have read the book of Acts how many times? I don't ever remember that being in the book of Acts. And so we'll sit there and bounce stuff off. and It's just a time that we can kind of get on the same page so that that anxiety level's not in there. And When I talk to her and she talks to me, neither one of us feel rejected. But when you... When you're not in tune with God, part of your problem is that you feel anxious because you feel rejected, then you want to have that response is to run, to escape. Through sickness, some people are sick because of the, they're anxious all the time. That's the truth. They're anxious all the time. And then some people, uh, they self-medicate with alcohol and drugs. And so... Uh, That that takes place and then through obsessions, through obsessions. There's so many obsessions that uh, Brother Adam and I were talking and he said that he had, I think he said he had an app and it told him how many times he picked his phone up that day and he he said, Brother Aber, I couldn't believe how many times it's called screen obsession where it doesn't even go off but you pick your phone up and you want to look at it. And I smiled and I told Adam, I said, I don't have that problem. He said, I know you never answer your text. If you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of Sister Avery. She'll micromanage me and tell me to call you. (laughs) But see, obsession. What is your obsession? How many of y'all been in church and you already checked your phone while you were in church? Sister Debbie's not here today. I love... Sister Debbie, she she's so awesome, but I can see a glow come over her face, and I think it was from my teaching, but it was her cell phone checking something on it. <laughs> How many times do we do that? You see what I'm saying? Obsession. And, and I, I, I'm just taking my time because I don't want to get in a hurry. I, I want us to understand that there's a lot of things that, that we need to take a look at because I don't want you to, to not manage your conflict, amen, and and if you can't get off of the, the, the computer, if you can't get off of a, a phone, if you can't uh, get off, you need to turn that thing off at a certain time every night and just cut it off and not pick it back up, amen, so that you're not obsessed with checking out what you think you need to see. I, I don't care about anything going on politically anymore. I put it in God's hands, and, and I don't care. I'm just praying, God, give them wisdom. That's all I can do now. But I'm not going to sit there and and read every negative thing that's coming out and all those things when I could be reading the positive things that are in the Word of God that's going to show me something about myself that's going to cause me to move forward. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. So the fifth response is to take a balanced look at life. See, that's what we need to do. There is a big difference between losing and being a loser. Amen? Being a loser is an attitude that causes us to give up in despair and hopelessness. There's a lot of losers. A lot of people, they quit church because they're losers. It isn't because they're a bad person they just don't know how to manage their conflict. It causes them to lose. They they lose everything. They lose their temper. They they lose their finances. They lose their marriages. They lose. People are just losers because they never learn how to manage conflict. They never know how to stop and say, "God, I need to talk to you, Lord. I need you to give me some wisdom." Amen. Sister Aber sings a song out of Psalms about. Uh, In the morning, Lord, I will direct my prayers. That word direct means as a bowman with an arrow, as an archer. He takes his bow and he pulls it back and he shoots it. And what does an archer do after he shoots that arrow? He watches it. He follows it. And he said, In the morning, Lord, when I direct my prayers unto thee, when you learn how to manage conflict, you learn how to manage it by prayer. In the morning, Lord, will I direct my prayers unto thee. I'm going to follow that to you. I'm going to make sure it gets to you. I'm not just going to say it while I'm checking my phone in the morning. I'm not going to say it while I, 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 I'm thinking about something else. In the morning, when I, will I direct my prayer, oh God, unto thee. And so that's what we have to do. A balanced look at life causes us to have an attitude of not giving up, not being hopeless. And when you pray and you direct your prayers on him, you know what? He will answer my prayers. Now, he might say no, but I saw it go to him. And if he says no, I'm cool with that because he knows why. He said, no, I don't know, but he does. Amen? So it's important that you understand that. There's a big difference between losing and being a loser, so we know that. 2 Kings 4, 1 and 2, it says, servant, uh, the creditor came. Uh, he, pastor preached on that about uh, when they came and and uh, she had these vessels and she filled up all those vessels. So you could either sit there and say, oh, I don't have anything Well, she only had one vessel, but she just filled that. But she had one pot that had all. Well, go get all the vessels you can get. So God showed her, you're not a loser. Don't don't lose. Come on. You're fixing to win. Because she learned how to trust in the Lord. And he gave her that ability to go and get those other vessels. And he kept filling them. up. And then when it was all over, what happened? What did he tell her when it was all the creditor was coming, going to take her side? And what did he tell her? What what did God tell that lady? Sell all and pay off the creditor. That's enough? Have you ever noticed God always gives enough and then some? Have you noticed that? It was enough that he paid off the credit. He said, whatever's left over, live off of that. See, God always gives enough and then some. Amen? That's how God does it. And so if you will learn how to manage your conflicts when you don't have enough, learn how to trust God, he's not only going to give you enough, he's going to give you enough and then some. Woo. And I, hmm. It's so important that we understand that. I got to hurry. A man begins cutting his wisdom teeth the first time he bites off more than he can chew. See, these young preachers, man, Pastor Blizzard gives them a buffet when they get up here, man. He doesn't set the stage. He doesn't set the table. There's already a lot of good food out there to munch on. There's good music up there to munch on. Sister Aver got in church in a, a home missions church that was a house that had a, a wires hanging from the ceiling and a light bulb. Didn't have music, but they had an old guitar that was all beat up and no strings. And she asked him if she could uh, have that guitar. Yeah, she put it, learned how to play. She was the music. How I many young preachers, they, you just walk into a situation like that and preach like you preach here. Woo! Man, it's set up here, man. So, you, you know, you're, you're chewing on somebody else's Meet at the table when you preach here. You're feasting at a banquet hall, man, when you preach here. Man, you can just learn one little cliche Holy Ghost is falling. Woo! And everybody takes off. Amen. Go preach somewhere else. <laughs> Get up there, and, man, I've preached other places, and it hurt so bad. My back felt tight, the pressure. I couldn't hardly breathe because there was so much going on in that little old church, and there wasn't any worshipers. There wasn't anybody that had been praying at that time. And, man, you're preaching, and your are back. Man, you can't even imagine what's going on in a preacher in a situation like that. And so a man uh, begins cutting his teeth. The first time he bites off more than he can chew. Now, I learned that lesson before I got in church. I, I did. I was 17 years old when I graduated high school because of how my birthday fell, amen. And I got $500 for graduation. And, man, that's a lot of money back then, you would think. Gas was only 19 cents a gallon. So I thought, man, I, you know, my dad ain't going to tell me to come in at 10 o'clock anymore, huh? I'm going to move out. So I just moved out of the house. I had I had uh, uh, $500, and I learned that I bit off more than I could chew, amen. My dad wasn't going to tell me what time curfew was or what clothes I could wear anymore. I told my dad, I said, I'm moving out. And he said, well, Danny, you go ahead and move out, and you can come back once. And I shuffled that back in my file cabinet. And it was easy to remember because I didn't have a whole lot going on up there because I'd been stuck on stupid for so long. I didn't put any knowledge up there yet. Amen. So I had $500 from my graduation. My rent cost me $150 that month with a $150 deposit. My water deposit was $50, and my electricity deposit was $75. That left me with $75 for the month. And I was so excited. About a week after that first month, I went to the house, working in the oil field, sweat, oily, dirty. Walked in and cut on the light and no lights. Forgot to pay my electric bill. Went to the refrigerator and it was dark, no light in the refrigerator. But I opened up and there was a jug of water, nothing else. Sat there, contemplated for a while. Took a cold shower. You ever take a cold shower with oil all over you? You scrub for an hour and still can't get it off. It just beads up and runs down. About 9 o'clock at night, it was so hot, I couldn't hardly breathe. I was sweating, contemplating whether I was going to take another cold shower. Then I got to thinking, you know, at my dad's house, there was always food in the refrigerator. You know, when I was at my dad's house, every time I turned them lights on, they came on. And that's when I realized I bit off more than I could chew. You you hear what I'm saying? I understood now why he said, turn the light off when you leave your room. (laughs) I understood that now. Because if you don't, you can't turn the light on when you come in the room. And I knocked on that door at 9 o'clock at night. And I remember my dad had this recliner, and he was sitting there. And uh, I said, Dad. He said, What? I says, Danny, can I come in? Yeah. I Walked in. I said, Hey, I need to spend the night here for a few nights. He said, oh, no, 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 you're a big boy. You're a man now. You got your own place, don't you? I said, well, I didn't want to tell him. I, I did not want to tell my dad. I didn't pay my electric bill. He said, what's the matter? I said, well, I, uh, I don't have any electricity. Why don't, and man, he just kept just rubbing that salt in it, man. Well, why don't you have electricity? Well, uh, when I came home, I turned the light on. It wasn't on. (laughs) Why is that? Oh, man. I'm 17 years old, man. I'm a man. (laughs) I didn't pay my electric bill. Oh, yeah, you can't get electricity if you don't pay your electric bill. Dad's insult to injury, he reached over and flipped on the light. He said, You hungry? Man, I looked like a dog running to his food tray. I hit that refrigerator, swung it open, and I started eating. And I didn't know how long he was going to let me stay there, because I, I think he was fixing and he did. He said, uh, okay, you're going to have to leave. I said, Dad, you told me I could come back once. He said, that's to get the rest of your clothes. <laughs> I said, are you serious? I wish some young people in here to hear that, because, man, when you look at your dad and say, are you serious? <laughs> you know you're in bad shape. Cause now you go from proud to humble. When I left I told him what I was gonna do. When I came back, I asked him, please. If you let me come back, Dad, I'll I'll do curfew when you tell me. All I need is a couple weeks till I get my paycheck. And Dad, if you'll just let me come back, I I promise I I'll do what you tell me to do. Yard needs mowing, I'll mow it. Dogs need fed. He had hound dogs. I got them. He was riding that horse. <laughs> but I was humble because I bit off more than I can chew. And see, that's what's wrong in the church that we're living in. You look at the prodigal son, the prodigal son. Man, he was too big for his britches. He asked his dad for money he wasn't supposed to get until his dad died. I want it now. His dad said, go ahead and take it, man. And He goes out there and, man, he spends everything. He had friends as long as he had some change in his pocket. Ching, 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 Boyfriends friends coming around. Hey, let's go get drunk. Ching, ching, ching. Hey, let's go buy some dope. Ching, 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 ching. Let's go out and eat. Ching, ching, ching. He had that change just a jingling in his pocket, and all of a sudden he runs out. You can't find his friends in that store. He's in a pigsty. Amen? He bit off more than he could chew. I didn't know I was going to go into this lesson. But he sat there, and he said, hmm. Many services my father have that had plenty of food to eat. He left the son, but he bit off more than he could chew, and he learned a lesson how to become humble. And he said, I'm gonna return as a servant. That's what I'm gonna do. And so he went back, and I'm no longer. Worthy to be called a son. Was that Sister Abra micromanaging me back here? <laughs> she thinks I got onset Alzheimer's, man. <laughs> if I just pause for effects, she's gonna go ahead and micromanage me and say, Worthy. I heard worthy. Now she's wondering how I can be up here and hear her say worthy, but at home I can't hear her tell me to do anything. I saw her gears just a-clicking. I blew it. I should have not acted like I heard her. But the prodigal son said, I'm not even worthy. But he goes home and he comes back to the house. And when he comes back to the house, guess what happened? His dad said, no, you're still my son. And see, some of us, have never learned, and I got to finish this again. Some some of us has never learned how to manage conflict, and because we don't know how to manage conflict, we don't know how to be humble in our situations to come back to the house, our father's house, and return as a servant and let him put his arms around you and says, "Come here, my son. I still love you. I want to forgive you. I I want to I want to brush your teeth and get that what you bit off out of that. I, I want to." I want to bring you back into this. Amen. 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 And I got it close. But I, I I tell the story about when I held my mom up against the wall. I was 13 or 14 years old, and she was gonna whoop me. And I laughed. And I said, You can't whoop me no more, woman. Woo! I was a big man holding my mom and she was going, If you really really good me, <laughs> if you feel really good me. I'm so thankful she got Alzheimer's. She forgot all about that. (laughs) She never forgot Brother Blizzard, though. You ask him, he'd go up there and see her, and she'd call him Pastor Blizzard, man. She knew exactly who he was. She didn't remember her kids, but she remembered Pastor Blizzard. (laughs) And she said, When your daddy gets home, uh oh, I let go then. And I took off running. And I hid from her, and then when Dad pulled up, I saw him get out of the truck, my mom hit that screen door. Whack, whack, Mow! Mow! You know what it did? It did. And there was a tree that went up to the side of the roof. It was summertime. Y'all heard some of y'all heard that story, some of y'all haven't though. And I climbed up on it. And I was barefooted summertime, and it's like 4:30 in the afternoon in Texas in the summer, and it's boiling hot up there, and there was shingles, them tar shingles, and I was up there like this, man. I was up there just lifting them because they were burning my feet. And my dad looked up there and said, come on down, boy, and get your whooping. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> and he went inside, and I could hear my brothers and sisters talking to dad. My mom was cooking. I could smell that good food. And I'm still up there like this, man. My dad walked back out about 10 minutes. They said, come on down, boy, and get your whooping. I said, no, sir. He said, that's two whoopings. I said, oh, <laughs> I'm going to hold out. <laughs> They got to eating without me. And my dad comes out about halfway through dinner, and he comes out. I said, come on down, son, and get you a whooping. I said, no, sir. He said, that's three. I said, I'm coming down. <laughs> and I came down, and I got my three whoopings. Boy, he, he put the leather to me. If you've never heard a belt coming through your daddy's belt loop, thoop, 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 thoop you don't know what I'm talking about, but And I came down, got my whipping, but you know what my dad did? He let me sit at the table. And I entered right back into the family conversation, and I got to eat. I got fed. I got to be a part of the family. And some of you have been on the rooftop. Y'all just come to church and sit on the fringe. Y'all haven't come back in because of mistakes you've made and things that you've done. But I'm here to tell you today during this next service, if you'll come off that rooftop and come on into your father's house. He'll make you just like it never left. He'll put you right at the dinner table when that service is going on. You'll get to be blessed by God. There's nothing my God can't do. Come on. We're going to learn how to manage conflict and get you off the roof into the house. Amen. Some of you bit off more than you chew. You know what you need to do? Humble yourself and come back into this house and let God touch you and change your life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Let's all stand. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Man, let's come back and have church, amen. Let's come back and see what God's going to do. God bless you. Now, y'all know what time it is? It's time for the men to go and while the women have that brain. God bless you. You're dismissed. I got to follow this today. That's not yeah. easy. <laughs> What a good word. Thank you. Amen. Today is Veterans Day, and we have a number of veterans here, and we want to thank each one of you for your service. And so we're going to take a break here, and for all of our veterans in the foyer on the left-hand side, my left-hand side, it'll be your left as you go out the door, there's a special table set up, coffee and donuts for all of our veterans, and we want you to go and enjoy that. And then come back with our praise and worship at three, and we're going to honor you as we open our service at three. Amen. Today. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. you. Thank you, Pastor. I give, I give myself away. So you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away, so you can, come on let him know, I give myself away, I give myself away. The generation. Embrace this. Come on, tell them, here I am. Here. I use so cute.